Welcome to your Thursday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. As always, we have a lot to talk about. March is a busy month. I don't know if you guys noticed this. There's a little term they call March Madness. Um, I just came up with that on the fly. I I got Ryan Longwell, former Vikings kicker, on the show in a little bit um, to address the third phase of the game, uh, special teams. Really interesting, in-depth interview with him about the Vikings kicking woes over the years and their search for stability that seems to never end. So you you really want to pay attention to that. Some really good insights from Ryan Longwell. But first, what did I miss? Sticking with Vikings on this one, Patrick Peterson, cornerback, signs with the Vikings Wednesday night, a one-year deal worth as much as $10 million. Pro Bowl cornerback, right? Perennial. We keep calling him perennial Pro Bowl quarterback. Little sign of decline maybe the last year or two, um, but still a really, really good player. Should help a young secondary that struggled last season with, with the Vikings when it was basically overhauled when Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, and Mackenzie Alexander all left the previous year. What's the big picture of this, though? Aside from just getting one new good player helping a part of this team, what, what's what's the big picture here? Well, here's here's what I'm thinking. You know, if you read Ben Gessling's free agent FAQ in StarTribune.com that went up Wednesday, I think it's still there in a prominent spot on Thursday. You'll kind of see the Vikings are maneuvering a little bit differently this season. They got some void years in uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, their other higher profile free agent in his contract, which means they're kind of pushing money down the road. They've done some restructures to create some space in 2021 as well. So what what are they up to here? Well, you know, the, the short answer is they're fixing a defense that was bad last year, right? But the defense was going to be better in 2021, presuming better health anyway. So that what we've seen is they've the, the two highest profile players they've cut so far are offensive players, Riley Reef and Kyle Rudolph. Their two biggest signings so far are on defense, Dalvin Tomlinson and now Patrick Peterson. Now, I like both signings in a in a void. Uh, I think Peterson, you know, one thing I really like about him is his durability. He started all 16 games for the Cardinals in nine of his 10 seasons. Uh, so, so, you know, expect him to at the very least be on the field and be a good productive player. Um, I think Tomlinson can help, um, you know, especially in the run game. But bigger picture, this is, this is the way I read things. Rick Spielman... He knows 2021 can be a make-or-break year for his job status, right? I think Mike Zimmer knows the same thing, too. You know, they're loading up these future salary caps. Not recklessly, I would say, again, if we read Ben's FAQ, but but more than in the past, right? This is not how they've operated in the past. Free up some room and add some short-term veteran fixes, like Patrick Peterson, like Dalvin Tomlinson. The Spielman-Zimmer duo is acknowledging that defense has been the backbone of any success they have had here. The offense has caught up. I think they needed to spend more on the defense because the offense is in a better place, but they're acknowledging the defense has been the backbone of any success they've had in this franchise together, and that if they are going to go out, if 2021 is going to be it for them, it will at least be with a heavy bet placed on that side of the ball. So that's how I see it. I see that they're loading up on defense in 2021, making some future cap you know, sacrifices for the good of this year. Is that the right way to operate? I don't know. It's interesting. It's it's some short-term fixes for two guys that might not have long-term job status, but uh, it's a way to operate anyway, and it's placing a pretty heavy bet on 2021 and particularly the defense. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, Go to startribune.com slash subscribe. 
happy to be joined right now by Ryan Longwell, former Vikings kicker, former Packers kicker, um, the age of golden age of kicking stability um, <laughs> that he uh, that he enjoyed here from 2006 through 2011, I believe was the uh, were the years that that he kicked for the Vikings. Um, Ryan, welcome to Daily Delivery. Thanks. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, we've talked before, obviously never for the podcast. This is still a fairly new uh, new venture, but we, we've talked before. Uh, I've contacted you, you know, just to talk through some Vikings kicking issues over, over recent years. And obviously there's been multiple occasions for us to talk um, in that regard. I thought with, with Dan Bailey <laughs> being cut um, recently by the Vikings, we could kind of circle back on how teams approach kicking. Why, why does it seem harder for, for some teams rather than others to, to find stability? And even how do you, how do you go about cultivating, you know, a, a certain amount of stability? I keep saying that word, but stability in, in your special teams and your kicking game within an organization. So maybe we can just start, maybe we can start with, with Bailey. Cause you and I talked about him last year when he was going through his struggles, kind of that he just couldn't quite pull out of this. And when you, I guess when, when a team, I want to say loses faith, but when, when someone has a bad year is, does it then become just harder for them to, to imagine it get getting better? And is that, you know, is that a hard, a hard place for both a kicker and a team to be? Yeah. You know, the, the Dan Bailey situation is, is, uh, is odd. Um, but you know, kind of bigger picture, kind of the macro, you know, 10,000 foot view of the thing is, um, you know, so I have an experience obviously with the Packers across the border and, you know, barring the one year between me and Mason Crosby, um, you know, the Packers have had essentially had three kickers for 30 years. So like for three decades, they've had Chris Jackie and then myself and then Mason Crosby. And with that comes, you know, obviously stability, obviously comes confidence, but it also comes the acknowledgement from the organization that, hey, we know these guys know kicking here. We know they're good, but we also know they're going to go through some rough patches, whether that's a game, whether it's a couple games, whether it's a season, we're willing to ride because we know at the end of this thing, the big picture is they're going to be better when it counts and in this weather, in this climate and for us more often than they're not. And so I think that's one thing. And, you know, that comes with a, a couple layers of, you know, financially, you have to be willing to pay for it. You know, uh, stubbornly, you have to be willing to ride through, you know, some patches, obviously. So, you know, one of the funny things which we talked about, you know, before is the reason the, the Vikings came after me was because of the un, you know, instability at the kicking position. And so, um, you know, when, when I signed there, the whole thing was we just want stability. They had had, you know, four kickers the previous year they'd had a few the year before you know and so um you know I, I thought we gave them stability and and uh you know since then and especially since you know Blair's missing the playoffs you know it's it's kind of been you know ride the hot hand as long as you can and then the second that hot hand goes you look for something else and you know it's a dangerous way to approach it you know and and so <clears throat> I'm not saying you ride with a guy you know through you know months and months of struggles but there are reasons why a guy like a Dan Bailey and you and I've talked about this before. There are reasons why they go from hitting, you know, 10, 15, 20 kicks in a row to missing. And, you know, the, the change of long snapper last year was so blatantly obvious to me and anyone who's ever been between the hashes knows that you can have two snappers that you can have them both throw perfect spirals, 
laces forward, 12 o'clock, no spin, exactly the same thing. And on camera and for the untrained eye, they look, wow, those guys, you can't even tell them apart. If one of them is two tenths of a second faster or slower than the guy you're used to, the whole rhythm of the operation is off. So therefore, you have to look at it. And this is what I've been, you know, kind of trying, trying to get to, you know, college coaches and college organizations is you can't look at it like a kicker or a snapper or a holder. You have to look at it as an entire operation. Like what is our operation? And there's stability in having consistency. I mean, I had one snapper my entire nine years in Green Bay. I had one snapper my entire six years in Minnesota. And what that does is, you know, thankfully in Minnesota, I had one holder the whole time in Cluey. But, right. you know, in, in Green Bay, I was able to swap out holders. But the, the rhythm of the entire operation was always the same because of Rob Davis and Colin Leffler. And so, you know, you have to look at it from the, the macro perspective of this isn't just a one-off of it's Kai Forbath or it's Blair Walsh or it's Ryan Longwell or it's Dan Bailey. It's an entire operation. And so how is our operation? You know, how are we practicing? How efficient are we? Are we, you know, approaching it the right way uh, as far as the rhythm and the routine and that rather than the, you know, only on the results and only on the one guy, you know, and uh, I, I use this example all the time. How many times do you see, you know, massively seasoned veterans at quarterback? Like these guys have taken thousands and thousands of thousands of snaps. Okay. And you see them go under center, their center gets hurt. You see them go under center for the next one. And guess what? It's a fumble on the ground. Sure. Like, does that, does that mean the guy has forgotten how to take a snap and you pull him out of the game? No, it means there's a different guy snapping the ball and the way he does it and the cadence of it may look exactly the same, but guess what? When the heat of the battle is on and you're between the hashes and he's snapping it up to the quarterback, it's different. And it's different by fractions of a second. And I think there's too many coaches and GMs and, and organizations that don't understand the subtleties of the rhythm and the routine. And, and, and it's an operation. It's not just the one guy. It's not just the kicker. You're doing a little bit of consulting now with with some teams and you know trying to get them to probably understand some of these things and how to you know coaching coaches on how to talk to kickers now you know informally it doesn't even have to be specific to the Vikings but if you were advising a team right now that's probably going to go through a change and the Vikings are one of those teams there's clearly going to be a new kicker next year whether it's Greg Joseph who who they've already you know signed as potential competition whether they bring you know, whether they make it a, a true open competition and, and, and work that through in, in the off season in camp, if you're kind of starting from scratch, how do you build a, a, a building off of what you've already said? What are some of the, how do you build a successful operation like you just described? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I can use myself as an example. So when I signed, you know, when I went up on my free agent trip to sign with the Vikings, they've told me flat out, um, Chris Cluey is going to hold for you. He has never held before. He's going to be your holder. And so the only thing I said was, I'm fine with that. However, I want every single rep, the entire offseason, the OTAs, the mini camps, the training camp, every single rep I want with Colin Leffler, Chris Cluey, and myself. No questions asked. And there's going to be, you know, kicks that don't look pretty. There's going to be some that look better than others. But when it clicks, we will never, ever have to worry about this again. And it was honestly, it was, you know, the second week of Mankato that, uh, you know, it kind of clicked for us. And so 
I think when you're, you know, when you're dealing with, a, you know, a new piece of the puzzle, whether it's the holder, the kicker, the snapper, whatever, the more time those guys can get around each other, the better. But also you need to understand, uh, you know, operationally just how important it is to set the rhythm early on and to not, you know, get into this. The problem is, and, you know, what I've been doing with a lot of with the, the college coaching is the kicking camp kind of network is teaching kickers how to hit this like 65 yard field goal swinging for the fences. Unfortunately on game day, you, we need the 38 yarder to go straight and we need it to climb off your foot and we need it to track through the wind when you're playing in soldier field or Lambeau field. And we need it to go through and we need it to go through every time. And that is a very, very different thing when you add a snap and a hold and pads than off, you know, a tripod or something in the middle of June swinging for the fences. And so, uh, you know, when you're the Vikings looking at, all right, we have a new kicking game component. One is you have to be consistent with the messaging. You have to be consistent with the operation. You have to be consistent with the reps. And I think a lot of these, you know, uh, approaches of the colleges is what I'm finding. And, you know, the, the kicking is what I'm finding is, you know, we're all in for competition. Like, well, yeah, that's great. Like, it sounds sexy. It's a great buzzword. Like, we're, we're going to find the best of the best. Well, guess what? The competition of, well, let's go with the, you know, this holder and that kicker and we'll see who's got it. And then we'll swap in the next holder and the next kicker. Well, what you're doing is you're not seeing the best of what you got because you're taking a guy that is, you know, working with a holder he hasn't worked with. And you're taking a holder who has with the, you know, snapper he hasn't worked with. And you're just, these are not interchangeable parts. And so you really have to construct practices in a way that's productive. And so you are seeing what the guys have to offer at their best. And then you can actually make a judgment that, all right, this guy's clearly better than that guy, or this guy has more potential. We're willing to ride with, you know, him as he grows into the position. But if you're in practice running multiple snappers and multiple holders and multiple kickers through the same drill, you have no idea what you got. You really don't. Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, interesting thing, when you brought up the Packers and how and I didn't realize that they, you know, that they'd had, you know, when you think about it, obviously it's true. You were there for nine seasons. Mason's been there for, you know, probably about a, what, a, even longer than that now, right? He's been yeah, there Yeah, I think forever. he's 12 or 13 maybe. <laughs> and then, you know, like you said, Chris Jack, before that, we, we think about their stability at quarterback, which has gone back almost 30 years now too, from, from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. And now it seems like they're trying to build a eventual bridge to, to Jordan Love. But that, that stability, you know, when the Vikings have had it has been, has tended to be when they've had, their more successful seasons or when they've, when they've had good kicking, at least I wouldn't crunch the numbers just under the Mike Zimmer era. When, you know, when they've made the playoffs, they've made like 88% of their field goals in those three seasons. When they've missed the playoffs, it's been down at like 75%. Now what it, it just from a feeling standpoint, you're, you're kind of on the other side of it. Cause you're, you know, you're, you're the one who's providing this stability, hopefully, but what, what do you think stable kicking means to a team and not just how does a team help you provide stable kicking? Well, I think it means a lot to both the team and the organization because there are so many, you know, I've said many times, I mean, I hit so many game winners on the first drive in the first quarter that you just didn't realize it at the time. And sure. a lot of that is just knowing that, you know, when you get to the 30, 35 yard line, you have points, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of the times, I mean, we, we used to joke, like, we just want to be boring. Like, let's just be as boring as possible. You know, the drive stalls, you go out. You put the three points on the board, you jog to the side of the field and it's over like no celebration, 
no depression, like it's over. It's just vanilla, right? And so I think what that does is it helps the offensive play calling. It helps the offensive players knowing that, you know, yeah, do we want to make every first down? Yes. But if we don't, you, we have points on the board. And it helps from just a stability standpoint that it's not something you have to worry about. And that is a bigger factor than anybody will admit to and anybody will ever, you know, realize because statistically, if you look at the NFL, it's statistically proven that every single game comes down to four plays. There are four plays that swing the tide of every single game. Then you go bigger picture, every single season comes down, four games come down to a kick. So if you look at those four plays and those four games, and you can steal three of those four by making the kick, all of a sudden, your chances of making the playoffs go exponentially through the roof. And so you kind of look at, how that plays out in an organization and how that plays out in confidence and, you know, attracting free agents and, you know, everything. I mean, I always joke, everything affects everything, but it, it really does because, you know, your kicking game can steal you wins, which can take a, you know, let's call it a so, so talented team and put them better than they should be. You can take a great team and steal those couple of games that you just lay an egg. And, you know, then you're talking about playoff seeding. You're talking about home games versus road games. And it, it's just the, the, the science tells you that those four plays and those four games a year, if you can get three of those four to go your way, it opens up Pandora's box to the good side rather than the death spiral of you need to win every single game down the stretch to even have a chance at the playoffs. And what does that do? It makes everybody in the building tight everyone's tight. The coaches are tight. The administration's tight. The GM is tight. The players play tight and everybody's tight when, you know, when you have to win, oh, we got to win these next four to even have a chance. When let's say you won, you know, stole a couple games in, in September or October that you didn't. Well, now you have a little freedom to actually go relax and play. And that's usually when everybody plays their best. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's a good point. I, I love the the stat about four games coming down to a field goal. And you're right. I mean, it, it, it works both ways. You, like you, like you said, if you if you can steal those games or if you miss those kicks, then you, you suddenly get behind the the proverbial eight ball, so to speak. It it, it does it does become kind of a, a spiral. A couple, couple more things for for Ryan Longwell. Really enjoying this conversation. You, you never played for Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. So I'm not going to ask you to evaluate how he handles kickers necessarily, unless you have thoughts from afar, but the, the coaches you did play for the head coaches in particular, what did they do well, or, you know, maybe conversely, not well, if you have an example of that, that in terms of dealing with the kicking game or special teams? Well, yeah, I mean, I had, uh, you know, Mike Holmgren as a rookie was extremely tough. <laughs> um, I think personally that was more because, you know, they had won the Super Bowl the year before and I was a rookie you know, rather than, you know, me being a kicker, but uh, he was very hard on, on me and, you know, I, I was better for it, you know, having survived that. And then, uh, you know, Ray Rhodes was only for the year, but then, you know, I had Mike Sherman for a long time in, in green Bay and, and he and I had this, the best relationship. I mean, he trusted me more than any of the coaches as far as uh, what the conditions were in Lambeau. And so he would ask the coach, cause I would tell my special teams coach, whether, you know, what the range was that day. And then, you know, the winds would always change. And so he would, you know, once we crossed that line, he would always look at me on third down and I would literally give him a thumbs up, thumbs down, whether we needed to gain yardage or whether we're good to go. And most of the time we were good to go, you know, but there were times 
I mean, I remember playing the Buffalo Bills where we literally had to get inside the 20 yard line to try a field goal because that was the year they were, uh, you know, renovating Lambeau Field uh-huh. and the, the, the north end zone was down because of construction and the wind was blowing so hard. You literally could not get the ball to go through it unless you were, you know, within 40 yards. So um, he trusted my judgment on that. And so there were fourth down from the you know 26 yard line where he went for it, you know. Um, and so I think that's the best, you know, situation where there's absolute trust, but not blind trust. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, I thought Childress was great. I mean, I, you know, everybody has their own opinion on Chile. I thought, you know, on a tangent, I thought he was the best talent evaluator I've ever been around. I mean, the team that he built as far as free agency and drafting was the best collection of talent I'd ever been on. And um, he treated the players, you know, that uh, were dependable, you know, that like myself in, in that way. I mean, it was very, very, uh, uh, very, you know, trustworthy that I was going to perform. And he let me do that. You know, he was the one that let me take every rep with, uh, uh, with Cluey and Cullen when we were teaching Cluey how to hold and hold the way I wanted it, you know? And so, uh, you know, that was, you know, immensely important to, to this, the run of six years we had the, the biggest thing with, with a head coach and relating to kickers is unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on what side of the coin you're on, they just don't know the, the kicking game. Like they don't know what it's like. They don't know what it's like to be between the hashes. And so they don't know what to say, both good and bad. And, and that's not giving anybody an excuse or defending anybody. That's just saying they don't know what to say. And so a lot of times it comes out being the wrong thing to say. And a lot of times the silence is, you know, the best thing, but they just, you know, they don't know how to do that. And so, I think that's where the, it's the catch 22 and, and what I've been really you know, trying to do with colleges is just, you know, look at the macro level of, all right, so if we want this result on a game day, what does that look like during practice? And what does that look like during the field goal drill? You know, what does that look like, um, you know, with the individual guys and what does that look like? How many reps do we need to get with the holder on the sidelines? And then when it all goes right, how do we react? But then when it goes wrong, what, how do we react, you know, and, and that's almost the bigger piece of the puzzle. And it's just really from, you know, they just don't know it enough, uh, you know, to, to, they don't know what they don't know, you know, and, yeah. I, and that's, uh, that's just the nature of the beast of, of being a kicker. Last thing. Um, so Vikings are obviously looking for a new kicker. If you're kind of building this, building this from, you know, if you're, if you're on the, on the hunt, if you're looking for, a kicker to come in and obviously they're looking for stability. What, what is like, what's the, how do you even like, who's the kicker you, you want to, to try in the situation? Is it someone who's had success before and maybe hit a rough patch and is looking to kind of revive that career and get back on that level? Is it someone who's brand new, who you think you can just bring in, you know, kind of soon out of college and, and, you know, let them try to win the job for 10 years. I, I guess maybe it probably comes from all different directions, but how, how do you, how do you identify when you're starting from kind of when you're starting over, how do you identify that person that can be part of that operation and give you that stability from the kicking standpoint? Well, it's taboo to say, but I'm going to say it. So you have to understand where you are as an organization. And so it's everybody's goal and the bulletin board material is yes, we want to win the Super Bowl, Right. Yep. And and it should be right. But in reality, you have to know where in your development you actually are as a team, as an organization, is this going to be your year if everything goes right? Or are you really two to three years away? Mm-hmm. And thus, 
you know, that kind of would dictate how tolerant you can be in the kicking game. Now, granted, we always want to make 100%. Who doesn't, right? If it was me, I would find a snapper and a holder and a kicker and a six-year plan. These are going to be our guys for the next six years through thick and thin um, and not to throw salt in the wound, but basically what they did with Daniel Carlson, like this guy is so good. We're going to ride with him. There's going to be a green Bay Lambeau field day that is going to cost us a win, but you know what? We're going to pat him on the back. We're going to say that's not acceptable, but you're our guy. You are our holder. You are our punter and you are our snapper. And we're going to ride. And we know that when it clicks, whether it's halfway through the season, whether it's in training camp or whether it's next year, this whole discussion that you and I are having is over for the next five or six years. And you just approach it that way. And, you know, so having said that, that may be through a young guy. It may also be through a veteran that's available, you know. Um, But I just think. The stability that we had with Colin and Cluey and myself, and, and I'm not saying this just because it was me, but, you know, you would cherish any six-year stretch yeah. where you didn't have to worry about those three positions, you know? Um, and that's what, I mean, I think any Viking fan, any Viking front office employee, you know, I think Spielman would take uh, anything for the next six years to not have to worry about any of those three positions. And so there's two components of that. One, you have to find the right guys, which, you know, is a skill. You got to have the right people evaluating and not just go on you know what it looks like on game day you got to know what there's a there's a repeatability to the process of what how the guy is kicking and that's something that very few people can analyze properly to be honest with you and then you have to commit to it financially right you have to understand that you know at some point one of those three guys or two of the three guys are gonna you know hit free agency after a good year and and you got to be willing to nip that in the bud and and stop it you know Uh, whether it's you know signing early or whatever so you have to evaluate the right talent, but you have to know what you're looking for. And like I said, that's, it's a very rare skill where guys can actually analyze who is going to be good enough. And, and the big thing is, listen, you can put on any game film and see like, oh, my gosh, the guy hit the 53-yarder and it hit the top of the net. Oh, my gosh, this leg strength is amazing. What you need to look at is the head position and the rhythm and the impact. So when he misses one, is it going straight or is it going squirrely? And when he gets into a slump, are his miss hits going to go straight or are they going to go squirrely? And so that's what, you know, back to Daniel Carlson. I mean, that that guy was clearly talented enough to do what he's been doing for the Raiders, you know, Um, and you just have to be able to ride with it. So that's that would be my approach. Find the right guy to evaluate talent and get the right talent in there for the long haul. Well, we'll know if they've done it by how soon you and I talk again for this podcast, Brian Longwell. <laughs> totally. It's, well, it's the, uh, the circle back that always seems to be circling back too quick. <laughs> well, regardless, I always enjoy talking to you, even if it's usually uh, in times when the Vikings are, are struggling in the kicking game. Thanks uh, so much for the insights as usual and uh, for joining the Daily Delivery Podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Michael. Appreciate it. All right, take care. Take care. Really enjoyed that conversation with Ryan Longwell. Just a reminder of how important and maybe underrated at times the kicking game is in providing stability in kind of rounding out a good team. And I think when the Vikings, like I said, when they've had a good team, they've had at least a season of stable kicking generally. And when they've not, they have suffered. So we'll see what they're able to do in 2021. 
and beyond, but uh, it's been a carousel for almost the entirety of the time I've been watching the Vikings, with the exception of when they had Ryan Longwell. Let's end things with the cooler, Jamal Mashburn Jr., one of the uh, first athlete guests actually on this show about a month ago, um, entering the transfer portal for the Gophers. Not necessarily a surprise with Richard Pitino moving on to New Mexico, um, ostensibly fired and then hired at New Mexico, but a reminder that this is going to be a, a, a tough a tough 2021 season probably for the new head coach, whoever it is, because I think a lot of players might answer, enter that transfer portal. The, the cupboard is not going to be stocked full of players, quite possibly, if Mashburn does indeed transfer. You know, he was one of the highest profile recruits they brought in. Um, you know, wonder what happens with Liam Robbins, Marcus Carr probably headed for the pros in some fashion. Who knows what happens with Gabe Kalsher? So a lot of the top players from this year, you know, before injuries kind of derailed things. Uh, those guys could all be moving on to different teams. And what, what would that look like in 2021 as this thing starts to get built up again? So expect, uh, you know, we can expect uh, some challenging early times for whoever is hired as the new Gophers basketball coach. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening to Thursday's Daily Delivery. Subscribe to Star Tribune, startribune.com. Subscribe to this podcast too. Write a review. It's a beautiful thing, you guys. You should do it. It's a beautiful thing. Trust me, you're going to you're going to love writing a review for this show on iTunes somewhere else. Just uh, you know, rate it, give it a good review. That helps uh, that helps everybody out. So, please do that and uh listen Friday, Ben Gessling, more Vikings talk on this show tomorrow, get his insights on what the Vikings have been up to and Bob Timmons, outdoors writer for the Star Tribune will also join me as well. Thanks for listening today. We'll catch you again on Friday.